Welcome to Ask Peggy About Your Finances, because prosperity is so much more than money. Brought to you by writer, speaker, and certified financial planner, Peggy Doviak. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. Hello, and welcome to the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. My name is Peggy Doviak, and I'm a certified financial planner practitioner. This is a show for you to help you understand your money better. We look at the stock market and the reasons it goes up and down. We look at financial legislation that can impact your bottom line. In the Plan Your Prosperity segment, we take a deeper look into a financial planning concept to help you understand it better. And finally, in the Ask Peggy segment, that's your opportunity to ask me a question. So go to askpeggy.com, A-S-K-P-E-G-G-Y.com, and you can click on the link and submit your question. Then I'll be in contact with you, get a little bit more information, and I'll craft an answer that can be educational for the listeners. So let's get started with me saying I am so glad to be back in what we're calling a studio right now. I ordered a professional mic and a professional headset, and now I am coming to you from my home office. I can't wait to get back into the Sports Talk studio again, but until I can, I really wanted to have a chance to talk to you. So since we talked last, I finished my second book on women and money, and I cleaned out the home office well enough to be able to use it. And I've been trying to get through everything in the same way that you have. And I know that for the last, since the beginning of March, you know, last two and a half months, it's been so stressful. And I understand that so many things are weighing on us in so many ways. And I'd like to start by saying if you've been directly or indirectly impacted by the virus, I'm so very sorry for any illness or loss you've had, because at the end of the day, prosperity is always more than money. And I'm very, very sorry that we're all going through this together. All I can do is try to give us some tools that we can use to negotiate all of the changes in the legislation and the tax code, try to help you understand what's going on in the economy and the unemployment and the stock market, and then answer your questions. So I understand that, you know, the money does not in any way supersede the fear and the concern that people have for their health and the people that they love. But hopefully we can get some money stress off of you and that will make it easier for you to deal with everything else. So let's get started with the Bulls and Bears Market and Economic Update And rather than giving you the week's data, which really isn't terribly useful right now, I thought we'd take a longer look. Now, I'm taping this on May 11th, and this is for the market data that ended May 9th, 2020. At that point, the Dow is down a little over 16% for the last three months. So if you back up from May, you get to April, you get to March, you get to February. So this is from February 11th. This is when it really started beginning to get strange. 
So the Dow for this period of time is down 16%. Now today, the or Friday, the Dow had a value of 24,331. Now the high before all of this started was 29,500. So we're still about 5,200 points lower than where we were at the high. But the bottom was 18,200. And so you can see that we're up 6,000 from that. So the stock market itself has actually recovered a little over 50% of the loss that it had. The Dow is one of the weaker performing indexes because it's only 30 stocks. And when things are this confusing, that volume of stock tends to be of more importance so that where the Dow is down 16%, the S&P 500 over the last three months is only down 11.96. So you can see that the S&P has performed better. The NASDAQ has done better yet, only down 4.19% over the last three months. That actually makes a lot of sense when you think about the fact that the NASDAQ focuses on technology and it is the remarkable technology that we have that's allowing us to, to let me create a radio studio in my office for people to be able to hold Zoom meetings and Zoom Mother's Days and all of the things that we are doing. So it's really no surprise that tech is a winner. It's also no surprise that gold is a winner. Gold is up a little over 8% in the last three months. Oil has just taken a tremendous beating and it is down 51% over the last three months. So since um, February 9th, oil is down 51%. It will come back, but it makes sense again that it's so badly down because two things happened. One, people aren't going anywhere. So oil demand has been very low. But then Saudi Arabia and Russia got into a production war a couple of months ago that just cratered oil even further. It kind of got buried in the pandemic news and the pandemic stock market drop. And actually, some of the market decline was really caused by this decline in oil. It just, it was all so layered on each other and people were so stunned at what was going on. It really flew underneath the radar. <laughs> My opinion is they meant for it to fly beneath the radar. So, you know, oil will come back. If you're in the oil services industry, I'm very sorry for what I know is an incredibly painful time. The 10-year treasury right now is at 0.69% as its yield. There's been some talk that treasuries might drop further in value. We'll wait and see. I've got so much to talk about today. All I'm going to promise you right now is we'll talk more about that in a future show. But right now, the 10-year treasury is at 0.69%, which means shorter term securities are even lower than that. We've got a lot of ground still to make up in the market. Certainly, um, it's been very stressful. It's been troubling. But we are up over 50% from where we were. And I think a lot of people don't know that. That's why I wanted to help you see that now. 
thank you to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the legislative update of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. And today, I want to talk about some legislation that has passed as a direct result of the coronavirus and a characteristic of it that I, most people don't know about. And I think it's really important that you understand it. Many, many people have lost their jobs as a result of the pandemic. You don't have to go outside of any family to find someone who isn't working right now. And when you're not working, there's many things you need to think about. And we'll actually talk more about this in the plan your prosperity section, where I talk about what to do if you lose your job. But certainly, when everything else is failing you and you have got to have money, if you have money saved in retirement accounts, this is a source of funds if you can't get anything else. And a piece of legislation called the CARES Act, CARES, C-A-R-E-S, is an acronym. The C stands for coronavirus and the rest of it doesn't matter. It changed how you can take distributions out of retirement plans. And if you need to access the money both in an IRA as well as a company retirement plan, you're able now to take an early distribution of $100,000. Now, the retirement plan, it's like a 401k or a 403b, it has to be written in a way or amended in a way to allow this transaction. But I think that's being done pretty much across the board And if you have a 401k plan and it doesn't allow this, you might talk to your HR department, see if maybe they could make the adjustment to the plan. You can take $100,000 out of the account if you are younger than age 59 and a half, the 10% early distribution policy has been waived. So you don't have that as a loss. Additionally, you have three years to pay the taxes on that distribution. Now, there's one more piece that's even more magic than that. You have the ability to put the money you took out back into the account. So let's say that you have to take $15,000 out of an IRA, you can put that $15,000 back in. And as long as you do it within three years, it is a non-taxable transaction because the taxes aren't due for three years. So basically, it's taking that 60-day window that you had to do a rollover and extending it to a three-year period. So if you take $15,000 out, let's say things get better in a year, and you can, you can put the money back in, or you can put some of it back in. Then any money you don't put back in, you have to pay the taxes, and you have to pay the taxes within three years of when you took it out. But this is extraordinary latitude and 
flexibility in how you handle the distributions. Now, I wouldn't be a good financial planner if I didn't warn you and remind you that if you use all of your retirement money right now, it will impact your ability to retire someday. I mean, that is the textbook response. And I have to say it because it is the truth. I don't want you to use this great flexibility as an opportunity to take out money and do something fun with it and spend it on like things that you don't need. If you have to use this, I want this to be one of your very last planning tools. But if you need money and you can't pay your rent, you can't pay your bills, then this is a great opportunity to take that money out and then put it back in when times are better. If times don't get better and you just have to pay the taxes on it, that's not the end of the world because you have three years to spread out that liability. You know, especially if you're taking out a larger amount, it's an important tax planning strategy to maybe pay back a piece of it each year if you're not planning on putting it back in. So you stay inside the same tax bracket. That way you don't, let's say, you know, you took the $100,000 out. Well, if you drop $100,000 of income into your gross income, you're going to shoot up several tax brackets. So just from a tax planning perspective, if you're planning on taking the distribution and not paying it back into the account, then you might want to spread it out. Now, the legislation that has come out of this pandemic is just an ever-changing landscape. And things go in, and sometimes they even change before they get fully implemented. All of this information is brand new. What you must do, remember, I'm just giving you education. I am not telling you what to do. I am trying to give you some options. Please talk to your CPA or your tax professional before you implement anything like this, because again, the ground could change and I don't think they can change the rules of the game, but I am not trusting that they can't. So before you do something like this and you think you know what you can do, you've got to talk to your CPA. If you don't have a CPA, then you've got to read the legislation for yourself. Look for updates. Look for amendments. Do not just take an action and hope that this is all correct and hope it will work and find out afterwards it didn't. So look into it. I think it's an amazing opportunity if you're in a lot of trouble, and I want you to understand it before you use it. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 and Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the Plan Your Prosperity segment of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. And today I want to talk about some of the steps you can take if you lose your job. I know that the job loss has been just incredibly painful for people this spring. It's like we took the entire 2008 crisis and rolled it into one month. And even then, the job loss from that has been much less than the job loss we've experienced this year. So I want to give you some strategies. This isn't inclusive. There's going to be other things that might work. And we will look at these going forward 
in other sections of um, future episodes of the show. But I want to give you some places to start right now. Okay, we talked about the CARES Act and the ability to take the distributions from your retirement accounts. That's one example of the myriad of pieces of legislation that are being passed right now. There's many, many things that the government, as well as the Federal Reserve, have been throwing at this situation to try to make things better. I know it's tough. I know it's discouraging. But you need to really keep up with the news to see what's the most recent legislation that's out there. Now that I have a way to tape the show from home, I will be able to help keep you a little bit more up to date on some of this, and I certainly will do that. But it's very important that you go ahead and take the steps yourself to try to make sure that you have everything up to date as much as possible. Additionally, if you are a small business owner, I want you to keep up with your city's Chamber of Commerce. Their website will give you great information, even if the city is basically closed down. I know a lot of local chambers have been very helpful. Now, I'm not talking about like the National Chamber of Commerce, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. I'm talking about your local institution. Like for mine, it's the Norman Chamber of Commerce. And they have a whole page dedicated to COVID-19 resources for small businesses. You should be able to access this even if you aren't a member of the chamber. And you might consider joining the chamber if they're offering a lot of things that you might find useful. The next thing, and this is so important, I'm going to do a whole segment on it in a future show. If you don't currently have a relationship with a bank, you need to get one. A lot of times when you're trying to get a loan and even these payroll protection loans that small businesses have had some trouble accessing, it's because they don't have a bank relationship where you walk into the bank and people know your name. Now, I understand that what I am going to say next sounds hopelessly outdated. Okay, and I have Venmo. I do Venmo for book sales. It's not that I don't understand that we have a lot of electronic ways of transacting money these days. But a problem that banks have is they have know your customer rules that they have to follow in order to make loans. And in fact, some national um, banking association, I wish I knew exactly what the name of the group was, I don't, asked on this last PPP, the Payroll Protection Program, could they get some exemption from the Know Your Customer rules? Because they had people coming into the banks, they'd never done business with them, they knew nothing about them. And these people were coming in wanting loans. And the authorities said no, that the Know Your Customer rules still applied. So for you, as the customer, you need to put yourself into a position to be known which means that if your bank has a lobby you can walk into, you need to walk into that lobby periodically. I go into the lobby of my bank on a very regular basis. I kind of like doing my business that way, but even if you don't like doing your business that way, you need to become a physical presence, a 
especially if you're a small business owner. If you're an individual, you also need a banking relationship and you need to have a checking account and maybe a savings account. You need to have a banking presence. For one, you'll pay much less on transaction costs. Being unbanked is very expensive. So if you're currently unbanked, you need to become banked. If you're unbanked as a business, you really, really need to become banked. And then not only do you need the bank, you need the bank to know you. It will help a lot. The next step is to be very, very careful of your cash flow. I've seen a lot of articles on the news, I've been watching a lot of news recently, and they talk about how it's important to be, watch your spending. Well, the first step to watching your spending is knowing what you spend. So if you don't currently know what your monthly bills are that you have to pay to keep the lights on, you need to figure that out. It's called non-discretionary spending. And you need to know how much non-discretionary bills you have each month. And then you need to look and see how all of those bills can be paid. Is anyone offering relief? If they are, and if your money is tight and you don't have a job, you want to take advantage of the relief where it exists because there's some things that you'll need that there is no relief. So contact all of your lenders and see if any of them are offering any kind of short-term relief. Again, like the loan from your retirement account, if you don't need it, don't take it. You can dig a huge hole for yourself that you have to get out of on the other side of this if you're not super careful with your money. And I know you're stressed out of your mind and you're just trying to survive, but you've got to be super careful. If you can defer payments, you should do it. If you can pay part of the bill, you should do that. Save your cash for what you know you have to buy that you don't have any relief. Using your credit card to me comes even under using your retirement money. And there could be arguments here, but the problem is if you use your credit card, you're using it because you can't pay it off. And if you can't pay it off, you can very rapidly get caught up in a spiral, especially if your credit wasn't great going into this, that you're paying 20, 25% interest on a card and you can never get caught up. So of course, you use the card if you have to. Make the minimum payment so you don't destroy your credit. So when you're looking at the monthly non-discretionary bills, those minimum credit card payments have to be included because you want to keep your credit intact if there's any way to do it. Remember to file for unemployment if you don't have a job. Now, if your employer has opened back up and you could work but you're afraid to because of the virus, you don't qualify for unemployment. It's only if your job doesn't exist. But apply for unemployment if you can Get the money coming in as much as you can, know what you're spending, and then go through your options that will cause the least amount of payments and extra expenses like interest so that you have as little as you can on the other side and 
I wish nothing but the best for you. I hope this works. I hope you're okay. I want you to be okay. And we will talk more about this in future episodes. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 and Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the Ask Peggy segment of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. And remember, if you have a question for the show, you can submit it to askpeggy.com. That's A-S-K-P-E-G-G-Y.com. And I'll be able to give you um, an answer. I'll get some more information from you and maybe you'll hear your question on the air. So today's question has come to me from many people over the last several weeks, which is, I'm a small business owner. I'm having trouble negotiating the PPP, the Payroll Protection Program, and I don't know what to do. Do you have any ideas? And I actually have several ideas that I think will help you try to be able to make this happen. Remember that if you are a small business, and a small business here is defined very broadly. Again, I suspect everyone listening to the show would qualify as a small business. This is a loan that can become a grant. It is a loan of two and a half times your covered payroll average expenses of 2019. If you use this money over the next 60 days from when you get the loan, then you don't have to pay it back. If 75% of it goes to pay your employees, and then 25% can go for fixed expenses of your business, like any um, rent you have to pay or mortgage interest that you have to pay or utilities. Not fun things you might want to buy, but again, core things to try to keep your business open. You can have, you can be a sole proprietor, an independent contractor, or self-employed, and you qualify for this. And this is really remarkable because so many times the sole proprietor, the entrepreneur, the gig economy worker doesn't qualify for these programs. But in this case, you do. You can get a copy of the loan application off of the Small Business Administration website. Now, you don't submit it there. You submit it directly to a lending institution. But you can download a copy of the application in advance and figure out the answers to the questions before you submit it to the bank. Like I said in the last section, if you have a banking relationship, that is the first place that you should go. And if you don't have a banking relationship, then you should try several lenders, people who are accepting these applications, because sometimes one bank will turn you down and someone else will go ahead and give it to you. And I'm not really sure why that is, because it doesn't appear from what I've been hearing that people have a better relationship with one than the other. But there is some discrepancy in how these loans are being processed. So I would go ahead and I would apply it several lenders. You also need to do it quickly. Now, again, this is Monday, May 11th. And I can't swear that there's still money in the program, but there was this weekend that money will go fast. If you can't 
keep your employees. Let's say you take the loan and you mean to keep your employees because this is designed to help small businesses keep their employees. If you can't, the loan is not forgiven, but it has a maturity of two years and an interest rate of 1%. So you need to talk to your CPA and to your financial professional and make sure if you had to pay this back, what would it do to you? The terms of the loan are actually incredibly generous. A 1% loan paid back in two years is a really great deal. So I want you to look into this. I want you to go to sba.gov. I want you to also contact your local chamber of commerce and see if they have more information on it. Then I want you to call your bank and I want you to set up an appointment and try to make this happen. Well, I can't believe how fast this show is gone. We're back in business and I will see you next time. In the meantime, be prosperous. You may submit personal finance questions to the Ask Peggy Facebook page and learn more at PeggyDoviak.com. And remember, prosperity is so much more than money.